You are listening to Nerdspresso. I hope everyone is having a great week so far. It is almost Friday. It is almost the weekend. But I hope everyone is staying safe and healthy. And we have an amazing episode today. I'm so excited for this one. I'm excited for all the episodes. But today we are sitting down with the amazing Lauren Urban. If you know her from Twitter, you know her you know her as Obo Lauren. She is the community manager for D&D Beyond. And she was in town for a super secret D&D Beyond something when we recorded this episode. And that turned out to be the uh, amazing Hamilton-inspired dev update musical. If you haven't watched it, I highly recommend it. Even if you don't care about the D&D Beyond dev updates, it's still a Hamilton-inspired musical about the D&D Beyond dev updates. It's so cool. Um, go check it out on their Twitch and their YouTube. But if you watch Lauren on any streams, you know her from Dungeon Drunks. You know her from uh, Heroes of the Veil, vale, Beyond Heroes, uh, D4, All is the Lovable, or Kira, the beloved Golden Dragonborn cleric. And I just had, I've known Lauren for a little bit now, and she is just a sweet and amazing just human and we adore her and I was so excited to get to have her on my podcast. So we're going to jump right in. I want you to sit back, relax, go drink something yummy and wash your damn hands everybody and let's get this D&D party started. This episode is sponsored by Dryad Tea. So we've had some delicious teas on this podcast so far and I have yet to find anything that I don't like. Uh, I was never really a tea person before I started this podcast but this podcast has really made me like open up and you know makes me try new things because of my guests and so far everything has been so good. I've had varying ranges of the black teas, the herbal teas, the green teas, and everything has been so good. But Dryad Tea was created in February 2012 by a tea aficionado who also loves music. The first line of teas was created based on Pandora Celtica's music, characters, and world. Since then, they have created amazing tea blends inspired by music, mythology, literature, and general geekery. In 2013, they added Dryad Pottery, and Ruby has been creating amazing works of ceramic art to pair with the blends of Dryad Tea. You can join their Tea of the Month Club, get a custom tea blend made, or you can shop The Goblin Market for tea infusers, enamel pins, and music. Go to dryadtea.com and use code NERDSPRESSO, N-E-R-D-S-P-R-E-S-S-O, for 10% off your order today. So, I don't mind the ambiance. Because it creates ambiance. The so fan or the chairs? Like, just the noise and stuff. Like, I try to avoid the, the dog collar and the stuff like that, but... But puppy. Yeah, I know. You got the puppy. It's a, you know, dogs with podcasts. I know, right? 
Look at the, the sad eyes of like, oh, whoa, whoa. you're looking at me, but you're not paying any attention to me. Yeah. Puppy, puppy. So we'll go ahead and get started. How are you? How was your drive-in? It was good. Yeah? It was good. Uh, it was long enough. Yes, that three <laughs> hours is about it. Like, yeah. Yeah. I, I've, I've gone places that are further away for way less interesting reasons. Yeah, my family lives in Texas, and so I've oh. made that drive plenty of times. Okay, it's so... 15 hours. I was about to say, where in Texas? Because Texas like, is... Like, Dallas. Okay, so far. Yeah. Super... I mean, all of Texas is super far, but there's, like, yeah. far, super far, well, and extra but it's super like, far. But it's, like, the longest treks are getting from Atlanta to Birmingham, mm. and then... From Birmingham to Shreveport, Louisiana, it's real quick. Mississippi's really small. Like, it's it goes by super fast. And then the other long part is from Shreveport to Dallas, because that's, like, four hours. It's just nothing. It's just, yeah. It's just four hours of nothing yes. but tumbleweeds and maybe a cow. Right. Yeah, pretty much, because mm. you're going through Longview, and it's just not a lot of stuff. Nope. So, and I used to live in Shreveport, and I liked living in Shreveport, and I was like, I'm just far enough away from home like four hours I don't I have the excuse I don't have to go home every weekend mm-hmm. to see my family but if I want to they're not that far that's when I was uh living so my parents are from Buffalo and that's where I grew up okay. and I went to school mostly in Ithaca in New York and then I did some schooling in Ohio and okay. all of that was like three and a half ish yeah. hours like the perfect amount of space of like right. if I want to exactly what you said so yeah uh, and now I'm on all the way across the country yeah. and I haven't seen them in a while. Oh. Mm, I gotta so, fix that. Yeah. Wedding stuff has been a really good reason for me to see my family a lot. <laughs> yeah. Yep. So, but I'm so excited to have you on my podcast. Thank you. And because you are a strong female in the D&D community. I, I am gone to the gym. I have strength. Yes. Yes. Uh, I'm, I'm working on the to strong. Carry, to carry your oboe whenever you're not. <laughs> <laughs> whenever you're not doing D&D things. Yeah. But you're Lauren Oboe. Oboe crazy. Yay. So. I've just been going by Oboe nowadays. Just Oboe. Just, yeah. Right. Or Lauren Oboe or Oboe Lauren of one. Yep. I mean, your D&D Beyond Jersey says. Does it say Oboe crazy? It does. But okay. the change to drop the crazy has happened within the last couple of weeks. And that lovely, awesome sweatshirt Are you is... not Oboe crazy anymore? Uh, well. Are you, not, are you just normal feelings about your oboe? <laughs> yes. Okay. <laughs> um, I mean, I have been oboe crazy on the internet for as long as there's been an internet because yeah. I am old. Uh, so I am totally, I totally understand that there's no way that I'm going to remove that name. Yeah. Um, but it was time to be a little more um, obviously sensitive Mm-hmm. about using the term crazy. Yeah. Um, I've, I'm a huge fan of the Game to Grow people and TakeThis.org. Right. And right. my dad is a psychologist. Yeah. And like, I've always been a strong advocate for mental health. And right. then it felt a little disingenuous to have the crazy on my name. Mm-hmm. I've used that name since I was young mm-hmm. and didn't know any better. Well. So yeah. But see, like when I think of it, I obviously, because I'm a band nerd, um, <laughs> I obviously think of it as, you're oboe crazy. Like, you love your oboe. Yep. 
that's just how I interpret it. And not everyone will though. And that's the thing. Yeah. I, the way I meant it when I made it, right. and the way I've always meant it has always been in the excited, in the way that a lot of people use yeah. the term crazy for. And you know what? I'm so crazy about this. Exactly. Blah, blah, blah. But you, yeah. you, it's, it's a tiny little thing I can do yep. to exactly. help with the stigma. Mm-hmm. And so it's not that I'm not obo crazy anymore. It's just, I'm, I'm preferring to go and I'm basically going by my real name anywhere, especially for D and D beyond. Yeah. So it's, it's been, um, it's been a relatively easy transition yeah. because most people weren't calling me the full thing anyway. If they're yeah. going to call me by something, they're usually saying oboe anyway. Yeah, you're and oboe Lauren or Lauren Oboe or exactly. Lauren or whatever. So it is literally like the the absolute least I can do for a cause that I am a champion of. So that's that's basically it. Sorry to that's start all. your podcast no, with a you're rant. you're totally fine. No, it's totally fine because <laughs> these are super important things that we talk about. And, you know, like I said, you're a strong female and I've been looking forward to having you on my podcast since I started this two months ago. <laughs> well, and I'm excited to be here. And like when this I came was, together, this yes, was one of the things like, I oh, knew, I get to come see you and yes. be on the podcast. And I knew you were planning a trip to Atlanta for a while, but there was no like idea of when that was going to be. You were just like, I'm planning a trip. I'm planning a trip. And yes. I was like... Whenever that trip is, I yep. need to get you on my podcast. And then I was like, ah, oh, I hope she makes her trip to Atlanta before D&D Live. Because I don't think I want to wait until May, like, <laughs> to see you. <laughs> yeah, every time I was looking at my calendar from when I could come on out, it was, well, what, what conventions can I afford to right. come? Or, you do this? Oh, and... do I need to stop by the D&D Beyond office or what? Well, and that's, yeah. so I, do we know when this podcast is going to come out? No. Okay. Then I will the, be within the next month. Probably. I will be vague then. Okay. Um. I the trip to Huntsville for work was not last minute, but it came up very quickly. Right. And it's it's not just me coming to Huntsville to be able to work in the office. We're mm-hmm. doing something very specific that uh probably our listeners will already know about, but just in case, I'll be vague. <laughs> so that's why yeah. I actually came out here on Thursday. I was working in the office on Friday. I'm yeah. going to be there again on Monday. And I had the weekend. And so when it was, oh, I'm going to be here for a weekend and I'm not right. going to actually have to work on Sunday. Hey, hi, hey. everybody. What are you? You're hey, only, Atlanta people. Hi. Right, you're only three hours away. I've, it's a short drive to hang out and see people. Listen, to see all of you. Possibly and, guest on a on a stream and... <laughs> possibly show up we'll see we're we're recording this before i go on over and surprise a whole bunch (laughs) of people and and i might show up i might not depends on what happens in the game and well it's a game who knows if they listen to this they're gonna be mad that i knew about it so far (laughs) (laughs) well okay but you know it would it'll hopefully be an awesome surprise and if you're listening to this yes trying to keep it quiet because everyone adores you well, so. and I adore this show, and I adore all of you, and it's, it's since showing up the first time, it has been one of my goals is to come back and play with everybody again, mm-hmm. because that is so much fun, and y'all are And such... especially with what is happening with Okira right now, who knows what'll be, like, actually happening in the future for her, yeah. if she'll be around anymore well, by the time this airs. Yeah, by the time, but yeah. Yeah. So yeah, my if I do show up today, it will have 
uh, been in the past for her. It'll mm-hmm. be between episodes eight and nine when we were still doing the planes hopping thing. So mm-hmm. before we went to Wildmount. Um, yeah. Because there's whole like chunks of time in between those episodes that right. are free. Yeah. So the the storyline will be that we had we actually had an episode in Waterdeep. That was the episode where I hired yep. somebody because I didn't know we were going to be in Waterdeep. Like Todd yeah. sends us these brief um like a Snippets. line or two. Yeah, hey, here's here's why you're going to this place. Right. And so so those of us who prepare spells can be a little more prepared yeah. um so that we can try to come up with a game plan when yeah. we're doing the 2-hour uh one-shot thing. So when we showed up in yeah. Waterdeep, I was like, I this is the second time and yeah. Orkira just can't not try. Right. So to, so to get in touch with Harold. Well, Harold specifically and everybody, but right. you know, it's she lived with him for six years in a bag. Yeah. So so yeah, she the, with Biblio. With Biblio, I'm gonna hug Biblio <laughs> so hard, and then I'm not gonna be able to let go. So uh, he might lick your face. That's okay. It's fine. Isn't he a coat rack right now? Is he? I thought he was a coat rack. Or maybe they're just calling him the... Maybe I misunderstood and they're just calling him the... Co- Either I way... I missed that. Either way, it will be... If I end up on the show, which yes. it will be a surprise and for yes. reasons that will make sense, so we'll see, but it will have been in Orkira's past before she goes to Wildmount. Yeah. Because, yeah, as we're recording this, Orkira's in jail and is going to probably die on Wednesday. Yeah. By execution? Yeah. 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 What'd we, you do? I don't remember. So, uh, we're playing in the Critical Role world of Oh, no, no, Mount. I do remember. You yeah. worship a quote, quote, false god. I did two things, which oh, okay. I, Lauren knew at the time were both bad. <laughs> I mean, the worshiping a false god, the worshiping of, of a, a, an unapproved deity, Yes. Uh, that I knew going in was going to be a problem. And she doesn't know anything, so she doesn't hide. Right. You know, she's not... She doesn't preach the phoenix, but she doesn't hide it either. Right. And then, there, for reasons, during the Battle of Rexentrum, I might have brought both a Kryn and a Crown's Guard back to life. And a lot of people would have seen that, so I interfered. So, as far as the laws of Rexentrum are concerned... She's super guilty. She prays to the to an unapproved god, and yeah. she interfered in a battle uh, against an enemy force. Yeah, uh, ignorance is not an excuse in this point. Yeah. Uh, so the last episode was spent with her doing whatever she could to protect the rest of her friends. Yeah. Which, as far as I think she is concerned, was successful. Lauren has her doubts. Yeah. Or Kira is more hopeful than Lauren is. Okay. And it was announced that, yeah, come morning, she's going to die. Oh. So we'll see. So, okay. So how attached... How long have you been playing Orkira? It's been a year and a um, couple months. Cause... Oh, so you haven't been playing her that long. See, here's the thing. it's It's been long for me. Right. So I am not one of those people who plays the same character. Like, Orkira showing up on D4 is the first time I have really ever ported a character from one campaign to another. Okay. I, I had one other instance back in the fourth edition days uh-huh. in where uh, we were playing as characters and then we did... The Tomb of, uh, it was the Tomb of Horrors version for 4E that came out. And we decided to just level up our characters to go through the tomb. So that's the only other time in my entire D&D career, which is not huge, that I have used the same character in more than one campaign. Yeah. Um, and so most of the time I play 
and I play for like a year or so and then okay. we either start up a new campaign or if I'm on a stream that stream ends like uh, Demon Plague was about uh, was 40 episodes that was about okay. a year but yeah. that was always like a self-contained thing this is the first character we've literally had these two other campaigns mm-hmm. I've been playing her for a very long time I've leveled her up quite a bit right um and it's been constant and I am super attached and I was about to say so how attached to I am da- are you I'm super attached I'm really attached so the par- there's part of me like this isn't the first time yeah first off she's died a couple times yeah and this wouldn't be the first time in where the the conversation i had with todd is hey listen if it happens i will be sad but it'll be okay understand this D, blah 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 i will be super sad Mm -hmm. because like i'm i i got to do all of this awesome stuff and i'm really attached to her evolution yeah and the and and there's more that i want to be able to do so yeah but we'll see what happens i mean my friends are some Trying to save my life right now. If, if, oh, if Rakira actually does die, Harold's not gonna know. No, that's <gasps> true. That's true. That's super sad to think about. Oh uh, well, he he wouldn't know right away. I mean, to be honest, I've been thinking about what happens on Wednesday for quite a while. I'm like, because right now, Orkira's mindset is, I'm going to do whatever I need to do to protect my friends. Right. Um. So she. She and Harold actually saved her friends' lives in the mm-hmm. last episode. Yeah. Um. She was able. Yeah. We no. We heard that. Yeah. Uh, that Harold. So in. Well, he was. In yeah. <laughs> the when she was getting interrogated, um, she was in a zone of truth, which she intentionally failed because mm-hmm. she's very familiar with that spell. Mm-hmm. But and this is the thing that. Both Lauren and Akira don't exactly know. We know that her mind was being scanned. I don't know. And she doesn't know whether she made the save or not. Uh-huh. So they might have been scanning her mind. So this all might have been for naught. But for about 10 minutes in in real time, it was 30 questions. Afterwards, oh I was like, oh, Todd went through like 30 questions. And they oh were asking gosh. her um, a, a bunch of frivolous things and a bunch of other things. Yeah. And they were trying, they were asking her specifically about, it was obvious that they were probing for her friends. Do you know any Aladrin? Do you know any uh, halflings? Who do you know from the Feywild? Who, tell me about a half-orc you know. Like, they were poking her to essentially admit that she knew these people. Yeah. Um, and so it was ten minutes of Orkira dancing around the truth. Yeah. Um, and so she... she it's going to sound horrible to say, but she did. She used Harold and her experience with coming to Waterdeep as the anchor of, I need to talk about friends. I need to talk about adventures. I need to talk about this other stuff that has nothing to do with the other beyond heroes that are here. Right. I'm going to talk about that. I'm going yeah. to talk about him. I'm going to, you know, because all that's true. Right. Um, but it, but they can't get to Waterdeep and incriminate Harold. There's, they're super safe. Yeah. So, so Yeah. So he kind of showed up in the last game. So yeah, if she dies, who knows? Oh. Who knows? I hope Orkira survives. I, I hope so too. By the time this comes out, we'll know. Who knows? By the time who this knows? comes out, she'll be saved and then have died doing something else. Yeah. Probably. So. But I love, like, <laughs> your your Orkira voice is one of my favorites. Oh, thank like, you. Like, in the world. <laughs> because, oh, thank you. Yeah, because it's so gruff and you're just so, like, adorable when you do it. She's just, way more adorable than I am. But it get like that voice gives her so much life. 
And so it's just so much more fun to watch you play her because she has this unique voice. Thank you. I'm playing with some amazing actors and role players. So they have definitely inspired me to step up my own acting and role playing game. And the voice for me helps. Yeah. So Uh, where did, where did the voice come from? Cause that's not like going that deep and gruff is not so much maybe a natural thing for no no i gotta warm it up (laughs) yeah it's it's a warm-up so um when we were putting the show together and i finally figured out what character i wanted to play Mm -hmm. i've been dming long enough that i have a tiny little suite of voices and this is usually where i go when i need a guy i need like gruff happy guy Right. And I was looking for a voice. I was trying to take my own advice. Yeah. Look for a voice that you can do with um, minimal work. Right. And uh, Orkira is minimal work in short bits. I yes. do need to warm up. I do some very basic wo- uh, vocal warm ups before yeah. I do a full episode of her. Right. Um, because it is vocal fry. So right. it's something to... Um, to, to be careful about. But yeah, it was just finding a, a, a voice that I was comfortable with. Right. That was uh, something that, all right, well, she's this dragonborn. She's going to have this different kind of quality. Yeah. I've always kind of wanted to do what Matt Koval does with dragonborn, which is okay. the, the very intense and the, like, I can't do it. That's the reason right. why I don't. But he, Or like what uh, Mark Muir does with Kaiser Vex and he just totally goes like evil snake-like with right? it. It's so good. <laughs> it's so awesome. And I mean, there you go. Another voice actor. Yeah. So uh, Akira started much gruffer. She was, Did she? Yeah, she was. But I was having a harder time giving any um, change to my voice when I wanted to emote. Yeah. So she's lightened up a little bit over the years. She's, okay. she's a little more up here now. So it's a little bit lighter. But she used to be way down, down cool. here. Uh, and then I've, I brought her up just a little bit, which is a little easier on my voice. Yeah. And it, it gives me... But it allows me... you to emote more. Too. Exactly. It gives me a little bit more vocal range. Yes. It's not as gruff, and so it's also easier on my voice. Yep. And then I just have a lot of drinks nearby. Yes. But yeah, I've, I'm playing with just a mate, like literally TJ and Hope oh. and B. Dave and I love uh, Jen. Them. I mean, the four of them are just amazing actors, nonetheless yeah. role players. And... Um, <laughs> When I when I edit the podcast for the show, mm-hmm. like watching their waveforms is fascinating, and listening to them talk and how expressive they are and immediately in character yeah. without any of the ums and the uhs, even though we're all making this up as we go along, it's just been so. And they're also just amazing, nice people. Yeah. So and also Adam and Todd are also amazing. They're all fabulous people so it's it's been it's been this amazing challenge of oh i'm suddenly in the new york philharmonic and so i i need to (laughs) practice my shit holy crap do i need to but yeah but that's what pushes you to be a better player is being around those people that inspire you and stuff like that yep and when i was super new to D &D, uh we started a game um we play a star wars fifth edition game nice and all our players are super hardcore star wars nerds they're like way down deep in the lore yeah they commit to their characters like they know exactly what they want they know how to commit and i'm like but none of you guys are actors they're all just regular people but they're so immersed and i came in and i'm just like okay 
guess I gotta step up my game. Yeah, but it's fun, right? It is. And my my character, she started out a super basic, like, human-type character with, like, she doesn't have an accent, she doesn't, it was, you know, this is kind of an easy character for me to just get into. Yeah. And she's evolved since then, and being around them, it really pushes me and I mean, even just playing regular D and D with like Dustin and Devin, and like you know how fabulous they are. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah. Oh, that's like that's other... what I came into, right? So. And, and you don't even need like the the voices or the accents yeah. or any of that. I've definitely played plenty of characters or played with people who, who they don't put on any of that. It's it's mm-hmm. all just about committing to the role play and. Maybe that's overacting for people. I know I probably overact a little bit, but it's Mm -hmm. in that moment because you're all making it up at the same time. It's the, it's the idea that people can see that you're trying and people gravitate towards people who try. Right. I mean, I'm a, an old school, um, video game nerd and try hard has become this weird term of disdain when like, if you're as an orchestra performer on stage, if you're trying and there's still some stuff going wrong or you're making a couple of mistakes, people can tell. People can tell that you care. People right. can tell that you're trying. You don't need to be Matt Mercer. Even Matt yeah. Mercer isn't what Matt Mercer is. Right. What people gravitate towards is that it's obvious that he cares and that he's trying. Yes. And that he is so passionate about creating something memorable for him and his friends. And that's what people... And Love. that's what Critical Role started out as. Yep. And that's what they're... I don't know if they're struggling to keep it this way, but that's what they're trying to keep Critical Role feeling like, is it's just as close and fun and all of that as it was, what, four years ago? Something four, like yeah. that? In the house. Yeah. With no cameras, no lights, no nothing. It was just their home game. Yep. And they want to try and keep it as magical as that. I think they have. I yeah. think I think um, they've done an excellent job, frankly. Critical Role is, it's an anomaly. It's a weird, just magical thing that And thank the universe for and it. Grew, and grew, and it's become this fabulous thing. And, but it's allowed, Matt works so hard, and mm. they all work so hard, that even with all of the huge stuff, just spinning out around them, they really try to just keep it as fresh and as fun in it and not try to make it feel like it's a big production show. Yeah. Like, they want it to feel like their home game. And I I still think that they succeed. Yeah. And I think, um, like, there's definitely things... As this weird performative D and D has evolved mm-hmm. uh, in either podcast or in live stream show, like there are definitely guidelines of all right. Here are things that are going to make your D and D game uh, more enjoyable for an audience, right? Without it turning into a complete performative thing, and where right. you're still having fun as a game, and that's different for everybody. But yeah. I think Critical Role has done a really good job of like. We can have really high production values. We can have an amazing set. We can have really good lights and really good audio. We can uh, make sure that stuff is set up ahead of time. Players can be more attentive to um, what's going on at the table just because there might be somebody watching. But I never get the sense that that this is 
a, a purely acting job for them. That right. They're using their acting chops to play this game that they love. Right. But they've just made a few tweaks to make it more um, stream friendly. Right. But I, don't, I still think that what they're, you know, if you go back and watch that first episode of the, the first campaign, mm-hmm. they're just as engaged and just as yep. much having fun. Um, I think that they've just taken these tiny little tweaks of like, you know, oh, if we're going to eat at the table, hide the stuff or be yeah. a little more careful of the microphones. Yeah. If we're going to uh, whisper to each other, we're going to be super quiet about it. Uh, if we're, um, you know, but any any of the stuff that you would normally do in a and d game to try to be good players. Yeah. Make you a good stream game. You know, yeah. trying to help other people with their role play, trying to... Yes and or no but, right. you know, as a DM, um, helping when, when someone else is obviously having their moment, giving them their moment, and then feeling confident enough to take your own moment. And all yeah. those things that make it a good streamed game also just make it really good D&D. So right. I, think, I think they're doing an excellent job. So, and I mean, we have to give them the props of, honestly, probably without Critical Role, D&D wouldn't be as big of a pop culture thing as it is now. It's possible. It's, it's I, possible. I, I think it would have taken longer. I think there yeah. might have been someone else who had filled that role, but it would have definitely taken longer. Yeah. But they were... They in... definitely sped the process along, for sure. Oh, yeah. I mean, um, I remember when they first started, and like the only other thing out there was the, uh, the Occasional Acquisitions Incorporated podcast. Yeah. You know, and a couple of other, like, I think maybe Nerdarchy was around. Not Nerdarchy. Mm-hmm. Nerdarchy is probably actually around. Um, uh, Nerd Poker. Nerd Poker Pod was probably around. Yeah. Um, I had done a couple of live streams for my podcast before mm-hmm. it was a podcast. But, like, like I remember being excited. Oh, here's four hours of critical role of these awesome, you know, these nerdy voice actors doing D&D. Yeah. And I would, that would be my weekend was I would sit and watch while I was working on oboe reads mm-hmm. or taking care of other stuff. And now... There is the the double edged sword of there's more D and D out there than anyone can watch, right? So, which is not a terrible thing. No, it is. You definitely are able to pick and choose like what kind of style you like, exactly and stuff like that. Um, but you know, it's it's a great time to be a nerd. Cheers to yeah. that. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> um, and that's kind of one reason why I wanted to start this podcast is because. Over these past couple years, I've met so many fabulous people like you and Adam and like TJ and Elisa Teague and all these amazing people, Ivan and Satine, all these nerds that are fortunate enough to get to have a nerdy job Mm -hmm. and live their best life, essentially, because they have a job and a hobby that they love or they're basically just getting to do exactly what they wanted to do and have their dream job. And, like, it's it's to the point these days where if you want to do something like that, you shouldn't have to stay at a job that you hate if you want to have a job in D&D or a job in gaming or, you know... I agree. I 100% Um, agree. It is a ton of work, though. It is. And certainly a lot of us who are fortunate to be in the positions we are will will say uh, luck played a huge factor, especially for me. Like, I, Mm -hmm. I, this is, this is just, this is right place, right time, right person, lots of luck. But also, like, you're talking about Ivan Van Norman. He was, he was hard work. 
Yes. You know, Satine And he still, has... Ivan, like, busts his butt all the time. Yeah, Elsa Teague is, like, she's a brilliant designer. Uh, Satine has been working in the industry for forever. Like, yeah. all these people who are now getting this, this moment to... Um, to be able to do this full time and, yeah. and hopefully, I mean, I don't know for sure, but like hopefully have a moment to say, no, I don't have to have the second and the third job or whatever. Yeah. Um, like they, they have all, they've got resumes out the yin yang. Right. So. Well, and even, you know, if you have to have the structure of an office job, there's office jobs at Wizards. There's office jobs, you know, for gaming companies and stuff like that. Like the yep. possibilities truly are endless. One of my guests was a nerdy food blogger. And, like, you, the possibilities are endless oh, yeah. these days. Like, if you want to be a nerd for a living, do it. Agreed. So, <laughs> so far it's playing out pretty well for us. <laughs> I'm just happy that I get to have a day job that I love as much as my Oprah yeah. job. So, so let's, let's talk a little bit about your, your day job. Because <laughs> um, <laughs> you are the community manager. Yes. For... D&D Beyond. D&D. D&D Beyond. Yes, you got to sing the theme yes, song. Of I mean, course. It's Sam Regal. How do you of not? Of course. Yeah. Like that's, and I love that music video so much. It's I remember, so catchy. I remember, this is going to sound like a humble brag, but, I was, <laughs> but it's not. Do it. Humble brag. That video premiered on Critical Role before, it was two years ago, I mm-hmm. think at this point. But we were all at, um, we were, we were at D&D Live. It was at the Stream of Many Eyes. Um, the first one that was in LA. Yeah. And the, the Stream of Many Eyes started on a Friday and Thursday night, D&D Beyond had their party. And I was at the Stream of Many Eyes as, uh, I was there with Sirens of the Realm actually, basically. And to, to play the oboe with them and Uh to do other things. And I'm at the D&D party and Adam is walking around, going, oh, you got to see this. You got to, you got to see what's, and so I, here we are at this fabulous party with right. all this talking going on and I'm standing there watching this music video. Yeah. Like, what the heck? What, what is this? What, how and, did you do this? And Sam literally wrote it in his car on the way to Critical Role that night. Well, you know, when you're brilliant, you yeah. don't need anything but a time and a car, I guess. He's a, <laughs> the most surprising thing to me about Sam is he's a lot taller in person than you assume he is. Oh, see, they're all actors and I'm short. So I just assume everybody <laughs> we, is taller than when me. When we were at Gen Con last year, we went to the election party. Oh, yes. And I remember to, hanging out with you there. Yes. And so we got to, uh, that was the first time I've gotten to meet the Critical Role people and everything. And I turned around and I was like, oh, I actually kind of have to look up to <laughs> Sam's face. Yeah. Like he's yep. like six foot one. They're they're all they're all. actor tall people. Yeah, they're all super actor tall yeah. people. I yeah, the, the couple of lives that I've been fortunate enough to be, to have been to. Um, it's it's a lot of me taking a step or two back so that yep. I can look people look at, up at Travis Willingham. All of them, <laughs> all of them. You know, and I work with Todd, who was like, you oh know, yeah, Todd giant. T- I'm tiny. Lillard, Adam Lillard's is, tall. They're all tall. They're all tall. They're all super tall, and I am super short. And there's, it's just amazing. You're not that short. You're what five? I'm five, five two. No, you're not. I'm five two. I yes. don't have to hunch over when I hug you. I am. Listen, I went to the the. I was at the. <laughs> I was at the doctor's office just two or three months ago, I think, for my checkup. And yeah, I am five two. Hope and I joke about like we we have pictures of last Hope year's is, live. Hope is not tall. 
No, but she, she's tiny bit taller than I am. But we, she is she is a normal height human. Yes. Everybody else is just super tall. I am yes. a little on the short side. And so there's this picture of all of us. This is before B. Dave joined us, who's mm-hmm. also a wonderfully giant human being. Um, we have this picture of the, the, the crew, the cast at yeah. D&D Live. And it's like, Hope and I in the front and everybody else is like, we're at chest height to them <laughs> as they're all behind us. And now B. Dave is joined and he's just going to join in the yep. back row of top yep. people. <laughs> yep. Well, and like I did, um, I sat down with Cress Williams last night and interviewed him and he plays Black Lightning yes. on the TV show. And he's 6'5". And I'm like, are you really that tall, Cress? Like, like I know you're tall, but... They Six want five. actors. Actors just those guys. But, but unless you're Jillian Anderson and you got a scully box, you gotta be right tall. But it's also you're either really tall as an actor, or you're at least for the for the guys, you're either really tall or you're not tall. Yeah. Cause like Robert Downey Jr. is like five eight. Which is He's, an average high human being. Yeah. That's totally wonderfully average. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, but yeah. But when you put him next to everybody six else. Foot, Three. Yeah. Chris Hemsworth and six foot two Tom Hiddleston and, and six all the other Chris's Chris that are yeah, super over tall. six foot. Yeah. Shoes in a box. Yeah. Yep. You know who's so. also tall? My friends at D and D Beyond. <laughs> all of them. <laughs> Except They're all for, tall. Well, Adam is on the shorter side compared to everyone he else. He is he is a average height human being. That yes. is correct. Taller is, than you though. Everybody's taller than me. <laughs> It's okay. I'm fine with it. I don't need to be the, I, you know, I, at least you don't like have like the chihuahua, like big dog syndrome. And you're like, I have to feel like I'm as tall as everybody. Nah, nah. I mean, I, if, if it helps that they're all wonderful human beings. And so it's like, I can't be mad at these tall people because they're amazing. But you have people to reach things on high shelves for you. Yes. All of the time. Is, this is true. And my husband's taller than me, too. So how it mu- all works how, out. How much taller is he than you? I, I a, haven't. I, a, I don't think I've met your husband. Mm, probably not, no. Luke was at live, um, but he, he was, was... Yeah, but he, he was... Yeah, he was at live, but he was not doing anything superficial. Okay. He, he basically watched Beyond Heroes and was doing live oh, drawings okay. at the time. And he basically just hung out with people and got it. drew their characters. He's got a full-on notebook of stuff. Yeah. He had a lot of he's fun. He's a fabulous artist. I love him. And he's Super amazing. fabulous artist. I know. He does you're... the D&D Beyond comics. Yeah. So, mm, I can and talk you're... about Luke all day. And you you get free Okira art out of it. <laughs> I super duper try not to poke him and be like, hey, can ben, you draw can a you, thing? Can ben, you draw can... a character for me? I think, <laughs> I think the only time I actually asked him to draw something was when I needed the new when we had that season in where for several episodes she had no pants and it turned into a running joke was it because she was in the nightgown yeah oh yeah when yeah. she was in the nightgown and well and, a dragonborn in a nightgown like you gotta have art of that well and it's it continues the long running um it's it's something i've been doing but i know hope and jen and every once in a while, Adam will jump on this really quickly. We just constantly drop Hitchhiker's yep. Guide to the Galaxy references. <laughs> and that was one of nice. the first ones because I described um, when she woke up, yeah. the nightgown I described is what Arthur Dent wears. It's the, the red plaid. Yes. With the, she was wearing the hat for like five seconds. But yeah. I love that And so, so that was the only time I poked him. And I'm like, hey, hey, 
mind if maybe you could draw a little bit of art? Because, like, he's a freelance artist and time is money. And mm-hmm. so I'm tr- I try not to bug him with, like, can you do this, like, personal thing for me? Really, right. please? Because huh? you love me. Yeah, yeah. Please. And and <laughs> yeah. so now that I work for D&D Beyond, I can save a little bit of that money. and And he's also doing the comics. But then I can go and get over my guilt about hiring other artists besides Luke. Mm-hmm. Which sometimes takes a while. I'm like, Luke, I'm gonna go uh, contract an artist. Are you okay with that? And he's like, Yeah, sure. If you need an artist, I know one. I I I'm always interested. Uh, so. But yeah, so I I try to throw money at yeah. an artist whenever I can to draw yeah. not just Orkira, but anything from Beyond Heroes because mm-hmm. it makes it makes everybody happy. So I have uh, the the I actually interviewed her for the podcast. Um, she. We have magnets from her that we picked up at Momocon last year, and they're little D&D monsters, oh. but they're drawn adorably. There's a beholder and an owlbear and... Chibi monsters? Yeah, they have, like, big eyes, and they're Aww. so cute. So I'll have to show them to you yes. and, like, hire her, because <laughs> she's great. Absolutely. And she loves D&D stuff. Good. So, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I hang out on the disc, uh, D&D Beyond as a Discord, and we have an arts and crafts section. Cool. And the first couple of times in where I contracted someone, they posted their stuff in there, and I went, that's amazing. So, and yeah. PMing from there. Yeah, and then you also, like, Marquee, who did your Orkira. So did she do amazing. Orkira for... Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. She so does all the, the D4 art. She's... Or they're... Fabulous. Oh, yeah. Uh, that art came in while I was at Gen Con. Oh. Um, because that was before. Yeah. And and that that was one of those moments where I got a text from Dustin. He's like, check your Twitter DMs. Go now. <laughs> now and do your Twitter. Because uh, apparently I was like walking between stuff and I yeah. hadn't. And I looked and I was like. <gasps> so, yeah. Was... He he got um my first D&D character. He got her commission from Marquis for Christmas for me. I was just like... <gasps> well, and the whole D4 cast in that style is just so evocative. And like, yeah. it's, it's that interesting... Um, it's realistic, but it's not realistic. Right. But it's so detailed. And like, they yeah. got the... like. I remember sending off the the description mm-hmm. and try I, I try to give to artists what I know my husband likes, which is like yeah. details about the important things and then being clear about what is not important or what is uh, like, hey, do whatever you want with this. Yeah. Because I want artists, uh, like I feel like if I'm going to contract an artist, it's kind of the same with going to like a tattoo artist. Right. In where you're going to them because you like their style. Yes. And so you tell them the important things and you trust them to do the rest. Right. Uh, and the fact that they got in so many of the details of, yeah. of stuff and we're like, because uh, they were asking about, well, what weapons does she have? I'm like, she actually has nothing, but she's got this collapsible 10 foot pole you know does she does (laughs) she carry uh you know a mace or a hammer and i'm like no you know she ditched her shield and everything i'm like but she's got this book and in the book are these letters and everything i'm like there's the book with the yeah the detail on that is amazing oh it's (laughs) good art good art just makes you go oh I know, it's right? It's so good. <laughs> I have a bad habit when Luke is drawing. Uh, so we have a two-bedroom apartment, and the second bedroom is my office, and mm-hmm. his office is the dining room. Uh-huh. Uh, because we eat in the living room, so who cares? Yep. So the, his office, he's got all of his printing stuff and the yep. computer and everything, and so I walk behind him when he's drawing all the time to go to the kitchen or go yep. anywhere, and I will just... 
end up standing there watching and oh mm-hmm. oh I need to walk away yeah because I, I don't want to be that yeah that stalker yeah. of my own husband <laughs> can you stalk your husband probably yes probably probably anyway I don't want to be that uncomfortable of a person no you're totally fine so that's what he says but I still feel bad <laughs> at least you're not just like standing right over his shoulder like breathing in his ear while he's drawing. I don't do that on purpose. <laughs> but if he calls me over to look at something that of will course. accidentally happen and yes. then I try. But, that he, but he invited you over to look at it. So it's valid. He is also my husband. So, you know, we, we can be close. It's yes. okay. You are allowed to be close to your yeah. husband. <laughs> and if he told me to back away, I would yeah, respect absolutely. that too. But yeah, I do try Especially to not. Especially if he's working. Yeah. So. Yeah, which he's a freelancer, so he works a lot, mm-hmm. like we all do. The hustle man. Yeah. It's hard to, like, I am technically, well, I am, I am full-time. I'm mm-hmm. not freelance with D&D Beyond, but because of my job and because I'm so used to the that freelance life, it is super hard for me to not be working. Right. It is really hard to, like, pull myself away. Yeah. Especially since D&D is still also one of my hobbies. And right. so even when I am not working d and I'm playing D&D or I'm right. having fun with D&D or I'm watching a D&D show or I'm reading a D&D adventure or whatever I'm doing. And so it's really hard to not feel like I need to be working all the time, mm-hmm. which is a freelancer thing everybody can yeah. relate to. So you work remote for D&D Beyond yes. most of the time. Obviously, you make trips to Huntsville. Yeah. Because you don't live in Huntsville. You live in... Seattle. Right? Seattle. Yeah. Yeah. The the creative and community crew, yes. uh, me and Todd and James Hake, all live in Seattle. Um, that is... I think it's semi-unintentional. Yeah. Um, but yes, we are remote because... Do you love working remote? Um, yes. Or do you prefer to, like, go to the office and do you feel more productive when you go to the office or are you pretty? I'm pretty good because because of my training as a classical musician, a lot of what I am used to is I have to work from home because when you're you're a musician, um, union orchestra rehearsals and uh, concerts mm-hmm. it are on average they're two and a half hours with a 15 minute break or intermission yes. and so what's expected of you is that you show up prepared yep. you're not practicing when you go there yep. you're not learning your part you're sh- you show up with your part learned so that you can blend with the band exactly you show up to rehearse the piece and orchestras are so so much on a shoestring budget that the fewer rehearsals they can have the better so you have to yeah. show up prepared so you spend a lot of time um, on your own prepping. So I was already very used to working essentially from home. Yeah. So, but that can be a difficult transition for people who are used to an office job and then suddenly you're home where your Xbox is just around the corner right. and blah, blah, blah. Or you run into the problem. I know I ran into this problem when I was doing my community managing job of you don't know when to break away. Yes. And I, yes. Like, I w- w- once things started getting busier... I was, and it was interfering with family holidays and stuff like that. And I was like, I, I have to put this down. Like I cannot be attached to my phone or my computer constantly. Like I have, even though I work from home, I have to set parameters for myself. And that's not just a working from home problem. That's a community manager or a social media manager problem. And I am hundred percent 
amazingly fortunate that when I was offered the job, Adam was incredibly clear of like, you need to Mm -hmm. treat this like a day job. Yes. And you You don't have to be answering Facebook comments at 3 a.m. You need to be able to go on vacation. Yes. You need to be able to step away. Yep. Um, And he has supported me in in every way that I have ever asked in order to be able to have that work-life balance. Yeah. Uh, Like... Uh, I have someone who helps me with social media, which is one of the hardest things Mm -hmm. uh, is trying to pull away from social media. Yes. Uh, And it it became an issue when (laughs) it wasn't an issue, but that was taking up so much of my time and I couldn't do some of the community stuff I wanted to do. Uh, And he was all on board with like, yeah, we'll get you someone Mm -hmm. because... You know, Twitter and Facebook, they never stop. Yeah. Uh, And if I'm going to go to a wedding or even beyond that, like, I'm working this weekend. I am, I am actually still working my job, but because I'm now not where I normally am or I'm doing some travel or my time at the office was spent taking advantage of the fact that I'm in person with people. Yep. Being able to take care of the social media would have been really difficult. So having someone else who can cover for me and then I can cover for them when, so I can provide that to them too, that Mm -hmm. they're not, uh, stuck feeling like I need to be attached to my computer. We don't do any posting on the weekends unless we absolutely have to. So we, we have, he's made that a very clear goal right from the beginning, which has helped me, um, and then I've tried to instill that because one of my jobs is I, I take care of all of the moderators. Right. So who are, who once again, uh, just because, like we had our holiday. We had our two-week break for Christmas and New Year's. Uh-huh. And so the office closed down and there were no dev updates. There was no streams. There was no um, updates coming out. Basically, it was just the site's going to be running or monitor everything, but there's no active work being done. Yeah. But our forums are still active and our Discord is still active and we still had people who would add us on Twitter and message yep. us on Facebook and like social media doesn't go away no. and the forums don't go away. And so yeah. uh, trying to be very conscious of this is a team effort yes. and you need to know that you don't have to be the one person. That yeah. you, you can step away and that someone else will cover for you. That's been really important yeah. and, and my... That's my biggest goal with my team is for them to feel like if, because for, for most of them, it is a part-time thing or right. it is a, is they're, they're doing it in their free time yeah. or they're volunteers. And I never want it to feel like a job job. Right. And, and even for like my social media person, she does work, like she's got a a day job and she does moderating and she does the social media. And I always want her to feel like, yeah, you're, we're doing a job and jobs as, as fun as D and D is, it's still a job. (laughs) It's It's going to be sucking sucky parts, but I never want people to feel like I have to be on social media all the time. Like you should be able to break away Go to your two-hour rehearsal. Yep, and not have to worry about your other job. Exactly, and that's that's been uh, Adam made that very clear from the yeah. beginning that like um, even if everything falls apart, there should be other people who can handle it until you're able to come and help. Right. It this should never be you are the lone the lone person. Right. So, uh, so that's also helped. Like yeah. going back to your original question of like how hard is it to work from home, um, knowing I can step away yeah. has been super helpful. That's good. The hard 
I wish I could work in the office because being in person with somebody as good as Zoom is and uh, online uh, interactions. And Slack and, and everything. And all of that makes it mostly super easy. But right. it will never replace in person. It will never right. replace just being able to walk over to someone's desk and having yeah. what we're doing right now. Right. And so if, if I could, mm. that would be super nice. But I love living in Seattle too right. much. And so, <laughs> so yeah, the, to... I wish I could be in the office mm-hmm. because of the personal interaction. Yeah. But otherwise, no, I have no problems working from home. I have no problems but I, because I love living in Seattle so much. Yeah. So. And you're right around the corner from the wizard's office. Yeah. And yeah. all of that. Did you, have you ever worked for wizards? Yes. Okay. So, I couldn't remember if you had or hadn't. Yes. So I was on contract with them, not as a, I was doing community management basically. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I ran some games for them on their D and D channel. Uh-huh. Uh, so I was under contract with them for that. And then when the Twitch channel really started taking off, they, they when they had that turn of, we're not just going to do one or two shows, we're going to blitz this. We're going to have like 40 hours with the programming and we're going to do all of this stuff. Um, I was finishing up with, a show that I did for them called Destiny and Doom. Okay. That um, we finished, would have been almost a year and a half now because it was just, yeah. So, uh, oh, that's almost two years ago. Wow. Oh, I feel old. So <laughs> that was finishing up at the end of the year, like two years ago. Yeah. And uh, Bart Carroll, who works there, who's wonderful and like one of the kindest humans yeah. on the planet, was talking to me about this. And he's like, we want to make sure that we've got moderators in place, not for, like, not for policing, but for answering questions. Yeah. Because a lot of people who come in to watch a D&D chat Have on a Twitter... questions. There's the, the standard ones of races, classes, what is are they doing? Is everybody playing? Yeah, can what you give me... What format is this? What, yeah. Exactly. So, and he wanted someone who was under NDA who was paid by the company so that they could speak, they could have information to share so that for all of these other shows that were going on, and then also yeah. be around in case there was an asshole. Yeah. So he had asked me if I was interested because I'd been basically hanging out in the D&D chat anyway. Right. Um, and so that was, so I did a couple of shows for them and then on top of that I was working, um, doing their moderating and there was a there was about a half a year in where there were a bunch of other moderators, but they were all volunteers, and mm-hmm. I was the like I'm gonna be there. I have the keys to mm-hmm. uh, do stuff in the background if I need to. Yeah. I have you know like, and and as someone who now hires other people, there yeah. is a definitely a different expectation when you hire someone versus when they're volunteer. Right. Uh, and the volunteers, like the other moderators that were there, were amazing, but like. They all have other jobs and they yeah. all have other things they have to do. And so eventually the the Twitch channel grew enough that I had to say to Bart, I'm like, I can't do this by myself anymore. There's there's too way much. too much. And we brought on uh, TK, TK Johnson, who was yeah. amazing. And they're, uh, they're an amazing DM in their own right. Um, and then when... And that was how I ended up with the D&D Beyond job because... When Adam and Todd were running the social media and they, they were running a bunch of stuff and Todd was trying to do all the creative stuff right. and Adam's trying to run the business and they're like, we need someone who can do this. Yeah. 
Um, and it was also going to include covering the moderators and covering the Twitch channel and everything. Yeah. They came to me. Um, and so I was on contract with them for a little while as I transitioned. And then now I'm the D&D Beyond. And now I just show yeah. up in the, the D&D within the Wizards Twitch chat. I'm like, hi! I'm hi! Here. I'm just here you're... to have fun! <laughs> like, you're... Every time I get on to watch something, I feel like you're always in the chat. <laughs> I Somewhere. Do... Well, and I do a lot of just having the uh, Twitch chat on. If yeah. it's not a wizard stream, I'm watching Scraticus, or I'm watching Encounter Roleplay, yeah. or I'm watching, you know, I'm watching Rock, uh, Rock Punch, or I'm watching, you know, whoever is just on. Mm-hmm. I just follow a whole bunch of Twitch channels. Yeah. And, you know, like we were talking about earlier, gone are the days in where... The joke was I could tell you the what was going on with every D and D stream that was going on. Nope. No way, no way, not, not anymore. anymore, not anymore. So, so it's a lot more of just as part of my job as the community manager, just yeah. being out there and being available, and mm-hmm. you know, so that if I happen to be hanging out in Scraticus Academy and someone's in chat asking about D and D Beyond stuff or just is asking me about yeah. stuff. I can be there, so. Yeah, absolutely. This episode is sponsored by Found Familiar. Found Familiar is a company that not only brings you amazing coffee, but believes in supporting creators. They team up with different artists and cosplayers from around the world to bring you specialty-grade coffee that celebrates the creativity sparked by Dungeons & Dragons and other TTRPGs. Found Familiar aims to do more than just provide caffeine for your groggy mornings and late-night sessions. They believe in using their platform to recognize the people that share the same passions. People that create stories, create characters, and create art. They showcase fantasy artwork and photos on their coffee, and that's why you'll never see those pieces anywhere without credit to the creators. They just released some new copies on their website, so make sure you go check it out. You can head over to foundfamiliar.com and use Nerdspresso, N-E-R, D-S-P-R-E-S-S-O for 10% off your coffee order today. This episode is sponsored by Smuggler's Coffee. We've had some really delicious coffees from Smuggler's. Smuggler's makes their coffee unique by adding barrel aging techniques to their roasts. They find barrels from some of the best breweries in their area and barrel aging adds the flavors that were trapped in those barrels to the beans without any trace of the alcohol. It's a unique bean that makes an amazing cup of coffee in the morning or that perfect after-dinner dessert coffee. They have fun and crazy artwork gracing their packaging with themes from D&D, Star Wars, music, and more. Whether you like sugar and cream in your coffee, you like a little Irish jig in your mug, or you like to drink your coffee as black as your soul, they've got the perfect cup of coffee for you. Head over to store dot smugglerscoffee.com to find your perfect brew of coffee today. So we're drinking a pretty fabulous tea today. I'm like done with my tea. I, didn't <laughs> I know, I'm getting even... towards the bottom of it too. Oh damn. But we're drinking a Dryad tea. They've been super wonderful so far as sponsors. Mm. Um, but this is an Elven Mist green tea and it's pr- kind of fruity. Kind of tastes like bubblegum. Yeah. yeah. It definitely smells like bubblegum. It gum. definitely smells like bubblegum. But it's less now that it's gone cold, but, but when it's it was not hot. like overpowering. It's still a very light tea when you drink it. Mm-hmm. And I really like it. Oh, it was delicious. No, it was, this is so, wonderful. And you're drinking out of the wonderfully obnoxious Dungeons and Dragons mug. Yay. Like, 
With the little dragon <laughs> on the handle. It's literally got a dragon for a handle yeah. and scales and can you, you can't even, I don't think you can buy those anywhere. I don't or know. I there, don't know if this is one of their promotional. This isn't the the big black with the ampersand on right. it. This is the one. Yeah, it's all. I don't red. remember if this is like a four fans by fans or something. I don't I'll have to know. look into that. But I want one. Yeah, I, I want know. one in all the chromatic colors <laughs> and then all the metallic colors. Well, you, I want the you whole. You need one in red, obviously, for Dungeons and Dragons. But Please. then you also need one in gold. Yes, if Orkara survives. Of course. If she Which, doesn't, then I can never look if, at gold again. Yeah. But it'll be fine. It'll be fine. <laughs> it'll be fine. It'll be fine. That's why I keep telling myself. So... It'll be fine. Yeah. Oh, but no, this so... tea is absolutely lovely. And so thank yes, you for that. Yes, it's so good. Um, so let's talk a little bit about your podcast. Oh, okay. <laughs> Dungeon also, Drunks. Yes, which you said just just hit its 200th episode. Yep. The, That's a lot of episodes. It's a lot of episodes. Yeah, yeah. We've been going for a while. Um, but you said since 2015? Yes. So we okay. started, and, and for about a half a year, we were putting on an episode every other week. So uh-huh. we, we had a little bit of a slow roll. Um, we started as a group of friends who were getting together during the Rooster Teeth Convention, RTX, uh-huh. which happens every year in Austin. Uh-huh. Um, and we've been longtime fans of Red vs. Blue and Rooster Teeth. And these are friends of mine who I've literally known for like a decade. Yeah. Who um, one of the things a, a couple of other friends of ours had started to do at this convention was doing a... A charity fundraiser uh-huh. the day before the event started. And it was a, a silent auction, dress up. Uh, they even had it at the Four Seasons ones. Like yeah. super, super fancy schmancy with quotes. Yeah. Because, you know, gaming convention. Mm-hmm. And it was it was to raise money for Child's Play and Operation Supply Drop. And the, the charities change a little bit every year. But it's always really good, solid charities. Yeah. And so I had been playing... Uh, th- and this was back in the fourth edition days. I'd been playing a ton of fourth edition and I had no money because none of us do, but I had like super duper no money. So I was trying to figure out something I could do to help out with the charity drive. And I said, well, I'll run a D&D game for people. Yeah. And so the the first year that we did it, the top four people, four or five the top group of people mm-hmm. got a chance to play in the game. Okay. And I just ran a game for people one night. Um, and it was a ton of fun and I was still kind of new at DMing and we did it in like a corner of a hotel area. It was just, and it wasn't meant to be live in front of anybody. It was just, I'm going to run a game for you and it'll be fun. But I said, anyone who wants to come by and like sit around and watch. So there were like 20 or 30 people. And then, um, a couple of these people who had donated really generously to playing this game. Yeah. And then the year after that, it morphed a little bit more into uh, playing in the game, but also we took some extra donations for like advantage, disadvantage on stuff, although it wasn't yeah. that in fourth edition. Mm-hmm. And we ran the game at a restaurant nearby and filmed it. And there is film of that out there. <laughs> there is film proof of it somewhere. <laughs> there is. Uh, that team went super duper evil at the end and I was super oh, surprised. No. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That was, it was, it, it did a turn. Um, oh. So then the year after that, we got, um, that was the year that we finally got approval for an actual, we, we ran it as a panel. Okay. And so this would have been in 2000, this would have been in 2015, but in the summer of 2015. Yeah. 
And so we changed how the the charity part of it was because it was going to be this panel in front of an audience. Like, mm-hmm. uh, and at that point, like there was enough acquisitions incorporated going on. Fifth edition had just come out. Uh, there's just starting to be this, this thing. And so mm-hmm. I'm like, well, I want people that I know that yeah. are comfortable being in front of people. Right. And so the friends of mine that were up there, uh, some of us had done a podcast for a while before, uh, but they were all people comfortable speaking in front of a crowd. Yeah. And so we changed how people donated and they donated other stuff that didn't involve them being on stage. And we were in this room of 200 seats and we packed the room. Wow. And uh, which I think it was just, we've been in the community long enough yeah. and a whole bunch of friends came out and it was super generous. So, but what happened was we ran this one shot mm-hmm. and afterwards the rest of the weekend during the con, people are like, are you going to release the video? Are you going to release the audio? And unfortunately they didn't stream that. So I don't have video or audio of that game. Yeah. Uh, but people are like, oh, you should, you're already doing a podcast. Why don't you just play this game on your podcast? Why yeah. don't you do this? Why don't you do that? As I said, like a uh, nerd poker pod had started up and acquisition incorporated and all these other like D and D is something you could listen to, especially in podcast form. Right. Was, was becoming a thing. And so the the group of us were like, yeah, this sounds like fun. We'll we'll play D and D, and I'll record it and put it out as a podcast. Why not? And it was meant to be just a fun little thing. Uh, never, I I never set it up as like we're gonna do a podcast or we're gonna become big big time podcaster D and D people, which you can tell because the original name of the show is Dungeons and Dragons and Drunks, which is not an amazing name, but good <laughs> good for a panel. So, was was there drinking involved while you were playing? Yes. Um, and there are a couple of episodes out there, especially in the early days, in where um, some of us got a little more intoxicated than others. Really, uh, so we're that's Dungeons and Dragons and, and drunks. drunks. Um, <laughs> but not like we don't always. Hi, puppy. I'm gonna pet a pet a dog. Go Hi. for it. Jesse, my puppy is joining us today. Hi. Oh, you're so happy. So <laughs> we um. We, we never, it never was an, it's basically an icebreaker at the beginning of our show and where we talk about what we're drinking before we actually play, but it was never a requirement that it be alcohol. In fact, one of our players for the past couple of years is sober, does not drink at all any alcohol. So, um, but when we do the live show, uh, there'll sometimes be alcohol on stage or maybe not, Uh, but yeah, and it's, we're all adults, yeah. so it's less about, yeah. it's never about we're going to get drunk. Like, we don't take... The point is not to get drunk. No, no, <laughs> absolutely not. In fact, the one, the couple of times in where people accidentally got drunk, those are the most heavily edited episodes. Because yeah. no one wants that. And no, it's more like when you go out with your friends to a really nice bar. And yeah. it's like, I'm going to try this, or I'm going to, you know, we experiment with trying things. And then we play. Yeah. And so, that... And that has been a ton of fun because, as I said, I, I, I love it. Um, I play with a bunch of J's. Jack and John and Jonathan and Jules are my wow. players. That is a lot of J's. It's it's all just J's. And so every once in a while I call them by the character names because I'm like, it's just J's. Well, and when you have a John and a Jonathan? Yes. John, <sighs> yeah. That's okay. I love them. They're, they're some of my favorite people on the planet. We've been now playing for years and years and years together. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, eventually, um, because I was local to Seattle back then, which is not that long ago, it was only a 
couple years. Yeah. I had a moment. How many years? Um, <laughs> Time just flies. This was before the Twitch streaming had started and Dragon Talk was still just a podcast. Right. And Greg Tito put out a tweet asking for recommendations for people to be on the podcast. Yeah. And our fans were incredibly kind and generous and sent in my name. Yeah. They actually sent in the whole podcast, but they're like, Lauren is in Seattle. You should have Lauren on. And so Greg asked me to come on the show. So yeah. I got to be on on Dragon Talk That's and awesome. meet Shelly yeah. and meet Pelham and meet everybody. And it was amazing. And then things just snowballed from there. That's amazing. Yeah. So I and am. here you are. And here I am talking with you. Yeah. Highlight. Woo. Woo. So, and I, well, I'm trying to think, what was the first time I met you? Would it have been at the stream or would it have no, been? No, I feel like I met you way before the stream because my first stream was this past year. Okay. Was, was Avernus. That okay. was my first stream. So t- so I know, so then at least we know I would have met you at uh, the D&D Beyond uh, party at Gen Con. I would have um, hung out with you there because that was well, before. but that no, that was after. No, you're right. My first Gen true. Con was after, was last year, so that oh. was after D and D Live. Okay, but what was the first time I met you? Like, it's Dustin, probably a convention. Probably. Um, well, and I met Dustin at the stream of many eyes. Right. Like that's. Yeah. I walked in, I didn't know who he was, and then all of a sudden I'm no like, one, oh, shit, no, this professional person is just taking care of all of us, and this no is amazing. No one knew who Dustin was. Dustin managed to, for lack of better terms, charisma his way in, <laughs> like he does. You've met Dustin. You know how charismatic he is. He is, but he all he didn't But char- it's not obnoxious char- charisma. Because he knows what he's doing. Yes. And he's, hey, can I help with that? And then yes. when he does, you go, oh, crap. He knows everything about what he's doing. Let's yes. put this pe- person in charge. Yes. And that's how it happened. Yes. And we were all like, we're, just, I would follow him to the ends of the earth after that weekend. Yeah. And he just, he found out about the stream and he messaged Greg and was like, hey, I'm a professional costumer. If you need help, let me know. Yep. And they were like, sure. And... Then he came in and just started wrangling like he does. And being, and it was amazing. Being amazing. Yep. And. That's when I knew. Like after yeah. that weekend, I'm like, this is someone I need to follow around like a puppy. Yes. So, yeah. So, and he, he's so, it's so fun to watch him at conventions because he just like walks into places. Like he is supposed to be there. And like backstage of all the streams because he now knows everybody. Yeah. And just immediately like if Satine needs help with wardrobe. Here we are. He came with me to uh, the, oh, dang it. What was it? The thing that Deborah ran. Oh. Oh, oh the, um, the relics, oh not relics and rarities. That's Odyssey. her actually show. Yes. Book of Odyssey uh, thing. Uh, stream. Yeah. Stream. It was amazing. I went because I was community managing for Elder Foundry. And so I went to just help with things and all of that. And he ended up coming with me, and he was just like, cool, we're going down backstage, we're helping. As soon as Satine found out he was there, he was like, TJ needs help getting in his costume, we've never put Because it he's on got him. 12 swords? Yes, and he <laughs> was wearing a kimono and all this stuff. He looked amazing, but he yeah. He so good. But if you don't know how to put that on correctly, it's, yeah. it's difficult. And, and also it, he had 12 swords. So yes. I, I think he had three. 
Sorry, go ahead. And an umbrella? No, it was a hat. Was it two swords and an umbrella, or was it three swords it was, and an umbrella? I think it was two swords and an umbrella. Okay. And so, the hat, yeah. And a hat. Right. Cause, and then he just busted out that umbrella at some point. That was the best. That was so... But anyway, you and you and but Dustin... Yeah. And, yeah. And so we, it just... Mm-hmm. He, he wasn't even supposed to be there. <laughs> Here we are just... It's it's always an adventure with him. Yeah. So, <laughs> you There's, know. I, I hang out enough with people who work conventions. I Some of my, mm-hmm. my closest friends, Mary and Chris, who are some of the best human beings on the planet... Yeah. Uh, literally let me live with them for a while of almost two years while me and my husband were doing visa stuff. Cause my husband's Canadian. Mm-hmm. That was a very, that was a tangent, but they're awesome. <laughs> so I like to give them props whenever I can. Yeah. A lot of what they do is they work conventions. They run the RTX convention. They mm-hmm. work other conventions in the, the volunteer squad. Um, he works for level up dice at, at their conventions. Mm. They find their, a lot of their joy at conventions working them. Mm-hmm. Um, participating in them in some way, shape, or form. Yeah. That, you know, they've even told me about how it feels weird to go to a convention and not have a job. That that yeah. feels, you know, and I, I get the That's sense... That's such an interesting way to enjoy yeah. a convention, but to each his own. Exactly. And you have to be a little cautious because you can burn out really oh, fast. Oh, yeah, for but sure. But they're so good at it. Um, yeah. And I get the sense Dustin is the same way, that, like, he doesn't... Like, Stop. he can just sit... But like he doesn't like to. Yeah, he wants to be able to help. Yeah. So and then yeah. he's also so and good he goes, at it. And he goes into dad mode or work mode yep. or he's like he's always there to take care of whoever needs to be taken care of. Yep. So but he's pretty fabulous and that's why I'm pretty fond of him. He is he is a pretty <laughs> pretty cool guy. I kinda like him. Yeah. I, I think he's okay. I've never <laughs> met honestly though, I've never met anyone who doesn't like him. Because he is just an amazing human being who wants to help. And it's hard not to um, appreciate those people if not yeah. find them amazing. So, yeah. yeah. So that's probably so, how we met was at one of the many one of conventions. Them. I want to think I met you before D&D Live last year. But that was my first, like, D&D, like, event that It's possible I that we met beforehand, but that was the first time we had a chance to hang out. Because on a... An incredibly did, regular basis. When did you, when did Orakira first come on D4? Uh, that would have been last summer because okay. when, but that would have been after D&D Live. Right. Yes. Yeah, because D&D Live was in June. Yeah, and this yeah. was in uh, August because this was during the second anniversary of D&D Beyond and that's why I was down in Huntsville uh, because we were we did a whole week and then I stuck around extra to come be on D four because yeah. I'd been a fangirl of D of D four for a while and yeah. so I'm like, like Dustin and I had been messaging back and forth about yeah. hey whenever you're he had put the offer out there like months ago whenever yeah. you were in Atlanta and so when I came for for D and D Beyond's anniversary I said well I'm not in Atlanta but I'm close enough for jazz and he's like <laughs> come on come let's on. do it and then he and Todd. Came up with all of that yeah. funness, so. I want to, I want to think there was a convention. One of the PAXs. Oh, or... that's what it was. It was PAX. PAX, was PAX Unplugged. Unplugged. There that's we go. what it was. I was like, I know I met you before D&D Live. Yeah. But I was like, what conventions did I go to? And I was like, I'm pretty sure I tagged along to one of them. It was PAX Unplugged. They all come together after They really a while. do. Yeah. <laughs> Once I'm done here, and I've I got did... C2E2 in a week and a half. Oh my gosh. Yeah. 
And like last year, I did so much stuff. I tagged, I tagged along with Dustin on some stuff, but then a lot of it also got blended with Eldritch Foundry and like all of that. Yeah. And then I was also doing stuff on my own, and it was the last year was a lot of D and D stuff, and it was so great. So, but it's also it's, yeah, it's it's that oh my hobby is becoming my job, and when yes. it becomes a job, there's always the the oh yeah. I, got, I have to do this now. And, and when you, travel is exciting, but travel is also exhausting. Travel is yes. So very yeah, exhausting. it's there's always that little bit that you have to remember of like it's glamorous, it's fun. I'm exhausted. Yes, <laughs> yes, I know. Can I just sleep, yeah. please? <laughs> but it's totally worth it because it's then so I get to it. come out like. Yeah, I'm gonna. I got to do this with you, and this is amazing. Yeah. And uh, no matter what happens on the show today, I'm gonna get to see those people. Right. Um. And yeah, that does mean I'm not getting back to the hotel until like three o'clock in the morning. But whatever. Like I've been looking forward to this since I I knew I was gonna be in the area. So yeah. it's totally worth it. Well, hopefully next time you're here, we will be in a new house, Ooh. and we'll have a guest room. And if you need to stay, you can. <laughs> Thank you. Well, and in this case, even even if you had all of those wonderful things, I would need to go back because I have to work in Huntsville tomorrow morning. <laughs> yeah, so. but sometimes it's, you feel like you just need to like crash for a little bit and then get up. No, no. no once, or are no, you a just I, I Yeah, I'm a shark. Okay. Uh, once I stop, that's it. I'm gone for eight so hours. So you would just prefer to just keep the momentum going until you get back to Huntsville and then just crash. And then crash, yeah. Got it. It's, yeah, I am definitely a shark. Once I stop, I die. Okay. <laughs> so this podcast yep. can just never stop. Never, it just has ever, to go straight up until we stop. have to go to uh, to Meeple's, right? So, um, but we did. We didn't get to play together. That's one thing we haven't gotten to do yet. Not we yet. haven't gotten to play together. But it will we happen. both played in a twenty-four hour. We didn't play for twenty-four hours. No, Scrat did. Only but... Stratacus did. That bless him. <laughs> For, that for doing that, yeah, um, yeah, but he's we amazing. played in a twenty-four hour D and D charity stream yeah. game, and it was so much fun. And I got to I got to play with people. I finally got to play with Strat, um, and uh, a couple of other wonderful people that I didn't know. Um, and Devin, which I play with Devin all the time, mm-hmm. but um, and you got to be all noir. I did. So my my super moody druid. Who's grumpy most of the time. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> and then, what, let's see, you played, did you play in the Call of Cthulhu game that Dustin played in? No, I no. I ran a game. Well, I, I was... knew you ran a game. No, and I you didn't. Ran, you ran the all Aarakocra game. I ran, yeah, yeah. <laughs> How did that go? <laughs> oh, I think it went well. I, everyone said they had fun. Yeah, I'm, it, I, you I know, turned you... into a little bit of it. Um, and it seemed like it was going great. It was a lot of fun. Okay, good, good. So <laughs> you never know as a DM. Like yeah. I, 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 I think everything went well, and I think yeah. I read everybody that everybody went well. But you never know. But yeah, I ran. Um, so when Scrat asked me to play, I don't remember how it came up, but I've been talking about doing an all Aarakocra one shot for months. Okay, but why an all Aarakocra? So first off, I'm a fan of Eric. I I Who's like not? playing. You'd be surprised. You get to be a bird person. Some That's people so are much fun. <laughs> some people are freaked out by the bird people. I this is true. I play D and D to play uh, characters who are completely different than me. Yeah. 
but some people want, I want to play a human or I want to play an elf or something close by so that yeah. they can have the inhabited fantasy. Yes. I, I play, I want to play really weird. I want to play the dragonborn, the Aarakocra, the turtle. I want to play all of that. And then I play characters who are people I want to be. Yes. <laughs> which is why Urkir is a better person than I am. So I've played a ton of Aarakocra. I yeah. And I love playing them. And I'm kind of an advocate an advocate because there's a lot of people who especially dms they don't want them in their game because well it's flying at a low level and that's super overpowered i'm like but only yes but first bird first burb but also it's only overpowered if you never have uh, archers in your bad guys because as a as a burb person and also now as a dragonborn with wings i'm very well aware that uh, yeah. once you you fall unconscious in the air things go bad very quickly anyway yes. So that, I that bludgeoning fall damage. Yeah, yeah. Bitch. That hey, you you're <laughs> unconscious, and now also you've immediately failed two death saves. Like there is a, it's a, yeah. it's a very, yeah. You have to be yeah. careful. So I've been an advocate for them for a while. Also, I find them just ridiculous because they are like you, you can fly for fifty feet and around and Aarakocra monk, and you just go the speed of light. Right. And so multiple times, I. I think it's come up a couple of times in like chats and on Twitter and like, I should just run this game. Yeah. Um, and every, the couple of times that it came up, I had a bunch of people immediately be like, yes, I mean, I want to play. Yeah. I want to play. So when Scrat asked me to run the game, um, for his charity thing, I said, yeah, absolutely. Whatever you need, because he's amazing. And then one of those conversations came up again, separately on Twitter yeah. with, I should just run this, you know? And then I went back to Scrat and I said, Hey, did you see this other conversation I had over here? Are you okay with me running my ridiculous all era Coker game? And he went, yes, yes please. Um. And so I gave him, there were a couple of people who I had essentially promised if possible, yeah. you will come play in my game. And right. not all of them could, but Kika was one of them. Yeah. And then Scrap put together this amazing crew of people that mm-hmm. included a bunch of people I've always wanted to play with. And yeah. They all signed up for my ridiculous all Aarakocra, Amazing. you know, ice cream social, yes. uh, ridiculous game. And That's we had awesome. fun. Yeah. Yeah. And you were the first game. We were the first. We, we so, kicked things off. Y'all raised like, what, $300 or I something? I honestly don't remember. I know so, right towards the end, it was it was mostly advantages, disadvantages, and then we mm-hmm. had the, the pull from okay. the deck. We did not get one of the larger donations, but... You know, yeah. the, the purpose is the whole 24-hour stream. Right. And so, like, I don't... Whatever we were able to get, I'm yeah. super happy no, with. No, I know y'all raised a bunch. And I'm so happy that he met his goal times, too. I know, so right? Like, amazing. B. Dave's game at the end just... just I mean, B. Dave yeah, is amazing. And he also is a, an amazing DM in his own right. But, like... You know, they were just, they had a couple of raids and he was, yeah. putting, like, B-Dave said, hey, if if we make it to this extra goal or if somebody donates this much, I'll just run a game for you. I'll, yeah. You know, so he put himself out there. Wow. I mean, everybody that ran, yeah. you, you know, being able to run a game and you grabbed one of the times that was not, not an yeah. easy time to well, run. Well, it was one of those things of, I am... I'm working on a production right now, and so typically my days are 12 hours, and so I was like, I want to be able to be able to make my game, so it was like, the 9 p.m. game is out. Yeah. And then, I like, my Saturday was bonkers busy, and so I was like, I, like, I can't play any of the Saturday <laughs> games, 
And I was like, if I try to do like the 3 a.m. game, there's a chance I'm going to fall asleep and not wake up. And yeah. <laughs> so I was like, midnight seems like a safe choice. And then later, like two weeks before this was happening, Devin was like, well, I'm playing in the game too. And then we were like, well, which game are you in? And he was like, I'm in the midnight game. And I was like, well, I'm in the midnight game. And we were like, oh, and you know, we all live together and our Wi-Fi has shown in the past that it's not very conducive to multiple people trying to stream on it for multiple hours. Not many have that kind of Wi-Fi that and, can do that, yeah. Uh, so because uh, Devin is Cody M of D4, he was able to get into the D4 set and which was awesome stream, that, like stream from there yeah so um it worked out good so but it was a lot of fun and i don't get to play dnd as much as i would like but if you ever need a new player always i want to play with you at some point my hope is to be able to, to run more games that's one of the things yeah. uh, at conventions on from the discord i've been trying to just run more games yeah. for people um and to go back to scrap for a moment that charity game is one of the reasons I get to be here today yeah. because I agreed to be on the charity game. And I, I think, and this was before I knew I was going to have to come out to Huntsville. Uh huh. And so my only thing that I told Scrat about, cause he said, well, what games can you run or what times can you run? And I said, I'm okay with almost any of them, except there was the one that would have been like three o'clock in the morning Pacific. Yeah. And I'm like, I know I've got to work all day Friday and chances are I've got some stuff on Saturday. So I, I really yeah. shouldn't take like the, you're not going to get any sleep that night. And yeah. so I was super fortunate that he gave me the Friday. Yeah. And it was going to work out really well because, like, that was going to be 3 o'clock Pacific for me. Right. And I'm like, that's perfect. I'm usually done with all my work by then. I'll just warn Adam that I'm going to have this, you know, three hours. And he's totally cool with everything. And then when Adam asked, yeah. because the day, I, Monday is the main work day. There's stuff going yeah. on Monday I can't talk about. But... <laughs> And then I have to be back in Seattle on Tuesday because I have a gig Tuesday night. So when we were working it out, it was one of those, well, it makes sense for me to then come out Thursday and be in the office all day Friday. And then with the time change, I'll then run, they let me run my game from the D&D Beyond office on Friday night. Mm -hmm. And so the Scrat game is really why I get to be here because if it wasn't for that game, I probably would have flown out on Sunday. I wouldn't have. Because there wasn't going to be a need for me to be in an office on Friday. Right. But it all just kind of worked out for the best. So, yeah. so awesome. thank you, Scraticus, for being amazing yeah. and running a, a charity game. And and just being an awesome person in general. Yep. And creating a domino chain of effect that let me sit here with Absolutely. you and drink awesome tea and then yes. go go sit around and listen in. On... I know. Jesse. Oh, something just my... happened outside. <laughs> I felt that in my chest. <laughs> So Jesse, Jesse is a strong nerdy female Hi. as well. She's named after the female Flash, Jesse Quick. Oh, nice. So, yeah. My sweet puppers is hanging mm-hmm. out in the room with us today. Yeah, that was so, a growl. I was it was. Yeah, she was... thinks she's really tough. She well, she is. She is. She. I'm uh, sorry. Her I growl is her her bark is a lot worse than her bite. And... She is a huge softy, but she loves her people. And she will protect her people. She will protect. And she doesn't put up with any shenanigans. I'm very familiar with that. You yeah. Know, you're, 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 so. 
But no, that was a very impressive growl. Oh, I'm sorry. So. That's not pet. That's it. Now I'm, now I'm petting her forever. I got the thing where I stopped petting and she was like, what are yeah, you doing? No. Wait. So... Alright, so where where can we find you on the internets? I am... Uh, best place to find me, on Twitter. When you don't come to dndbeyond.com, you can find me on Twitter as Lauren Obo. No, you can find me on Twitter as Obo Lauren. I couldn't get Lauren Obo, that's something else. <laughs> Sorry, we'll cut that out. <laughs> no, it's we'll fine. edit that in post. <laughs> you can find me on Twitter as Obo Lauren, and you... Oh, I know. Obo Lauren. You can find me... Sorry, I'll talk like Arkira. Uh, you can find me as Obo Lauren on Twitter. You can also find me on D&D Beyond there. Um, that's kind of the best place yeah. because because I live so much of my life on, on working as yeah. the community manager, I tend to keep my personal social media pretty pretty limited. So yeah. Twitter is kind of the best place. Yeah. So, all righty. And then check out your what okay so we said your podcast used to be called dungeons and dragons and drunks but what is it called now it is now called dungeon drunks we've gotten dungeon rid of the drunk. ampersands which make things difficult we've we've consolidated you can go to dungeondrunks.com if you search for dungeon drunks on any podcast of your of of your choice you'll you'll find it there if you've yep. got a podcasting app and Beyond Heroes is on the D&D Beyond Twitter. So if you come to or on the D&D Beyond Twitch, so if you come to twitch.tv slash D&D Beyond, you will find us on Wednesdays. And I put that out as a podcast as well. So if you search for Beyond Heroes, you will find us there Amazing. because podcasts. Where can we find you? You can find me at uh, Nerdspresso Podcast on Facebook. And then Instagram is at Babs the Bat. Twitter is at Real Babs the Bat because... Babs the Bat was already taken. Mm. And then, you know, just doing all the shenanigans with this. So, um, and then any conventions you're hitting up this year? So Besides many. C2E2. C2E2 for sure. D&D uh, Live. D&D Live. Whenever they announce what the dates are, right. I will be there. Um, Gen Con. Gen Con. Gary Con. Prob- probably Game Hole Con. Definitely PAX Unplugged. All of the conventions. Oh, yeah, I'm doing a lot of conventions. Yeah. Those are those are all the ones off the top of my head. Okay. Keep an eye on Twitter. I yes. will keep that updated. But those are those Absolutely. are the most immediate ones. Uh, uh, Emerald City Comic Con, if you were in Seattle. Oh, okay. I was um, about to say, that makes sense for you because you live there. That's that's a nice one because it's right there. Yeah. Uh, but it's also a huge convention. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. I think that's all of them. There will probably be more. Probably. Mm. You are a be- very busy person. So are you. I try. <laughs> well, I started this podcast because I was getting a little bit bored. I know, right? It's that freelance life <laughs> I, and we were like, I'm I not was, doing something. Yeah. No, I like, I was going through like a dry spell in theater and then I was like, I need to do something creative. Mm. Let's start a podcast. Yep. Because I'm not trying to plan a wedding and all of that is as well. It's fine. <laughs> it's all fine. It'll be it's okay. It's all fine. Yep. So, but I'm so excited that you decided to come on my podcast. It was my pleasure. So, Thank and that I didn't have me. to wait till D&D Live to talk to you. I know, right? Because <laughs> I'm trying to hit up like all of our lovely LA people while we're there. So. Yep. Just sit can, in a room and be like, right? bring if them on in. whittle people off the list. <laughs> it's fine. So, but. Thank you, and we're going to go sneak into D4 and surprise everybody. Yeah. Yeah. And we'll talk to everyone next time. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for listening to Nerdspresso. Your support means so much to us. Make sure you hit your like, follow, subscribe, and download buttons so that you're ready as soon as new episodes hit. You can also support us on Patreon. 
and engage in giveaways, guest suggestions, early episode releases, and more. By taking a small moment to support us, you give us the ability to bring you a better podcast. We'll see you next week.